0: Hi, my name is Dr. Bitchcraft, and welcome to my existential crisis. Welcome to the void, baby. I want to talk to you about something. So I recently saw an article about the Oprah Winfrey show ending 10 years ago, and it brought back some memories. It was always on when I came home after school, even though the show discussed topics I was way too young to engage with, but early 2000s parents were built different, and I also remember that if Oprah said something was worth having, every neighborhood kid's mom would be walking around with it. Before I say anything else, let me start off by saying this, no one can ever take the incredible things that Oprah has done away from her. Her talk show ran for a whopping total of 25 years from 86 to 2012 and even though the show ended a decade ago, she's still the most successful talk show host with the longest running talk show in the history of TV to date. So a lot of people in their late 20s and early 30s quite literally grew up with this show. Oprah Winfrey was born in the South in the 50s, overcame poverty, sexual abuse, a drug habit and ended up a self-made millionaire by the age of 32. She is the first black woman to make the Forbes list of the 400 richest Americans. So why am I talking about this cute ass lady? Oprah's reach goes far beyond being our non-threatening TV auntie who got our moms into coffee enemas and Tibetan sound polls. Oprah transcends celebrity status. She's not even just a brand, she's a movement. She has the persuasiveness of a cult leader and everything she touches is immediately given credibility simply by being associated with her. Case in point, one time Oprah did a show about mad cow disease and casually mentioned how it made her think twice about eating another hamburger. The next day Kettleman lost millions of dollars in revenue and sued her for false defamation of perishable food. A since she won by the way. Now that's influence boys. And even though she's had a good influence in some respects, she has been quite detrimental to our media landscape in others. So, in honor of the 10 year anniversary of the last episode of The Oprah Show, let's see how the influence of our favorite TV aunt can still be felt today. The Oprah Show was born during a time when we were really into talk shows of the you're not the father variety. It was trashy and we loved it. The thing that set Oprah apart is that she knew that what people loved more than enjoying trash TV is enjoying it from a position of superiority. So she did the opposite of what everyone else at the time was doing. She packaged the voyeurism in virtue. The Oprah Show became the show where suburban moms could come together revel in sensationalized human suffering, and feel like they were doing anthropological research by doing so. They weren't looking at trauma being exploited, no, they were learning! Except for that they weren't, but more on that later. Oprah changed media forever by turning professional-style TV and personal suffering into entertainment. While we first relied on the news for imported, collective, impersonal suffering in the form of media coverage of starving children and wars, Oprah was the first show that exported American individualized suffering to the rest of the world. And in contrast to before, when we wouldn't have cared about anyone's story unless they were famous. Now all of a sudden, no talent was required to appear on television, just trauma. By turning everything into an individual, personal experience and erasing the socio-political context these situations occur in, we've learned to only care about shit when there's personality and personal story involved. That's why we care more about freeing Britney Spears than we do about freeing Palestine. Oprah made us believe that boundaryless self-disclosure somehow makes us better. And leads to self-discovery and self-realization but she never really explained how it's supposed to do that so in more ways than one we have her to thank for both reality tv and that friend who talks about her yeast infection on ig constantly under the guise of education but oversharing does not equal educating confessional discourse doesn't automatically raise awareness if only things were so easy we have Oprah to thank for neoliberal, individualistic, motivational porn. Don't panic, I will explain. Oprah's biggest strength was her own origin story. She was a woman who came from literally nothing, and if a little black girl from the South can become one of the world's richest people, then what the hell is your excuse? She is the embodiment of the American dream, a truly self-made woman, one who turned her trauma into power, and this ability to make oneself is Oprah's entire brand. Her slogan was, live your best life, and by God, her show was going to help you do that. She spent 25 years spreading the word of self-determination and self-realization and preached the gospel of personal responsibility. What she inadvertently also did was downplay the giant role institutional barriers and systemic factors play in people's lives when it comes to becoming who they want to be. Oprah's world is a post-racial neoliberal utopia where racism is not a thing and success is accessible for everyone who works for it. If you don't succeed, you clearly didn't hustle hard enough. confused about what neoliberalism is? Don't you worry, because without realizing it, you've probably already internalized it. Congratulations! Neoliberalism is the seductive political philosophy that states that we are as powerful as our buying power, and that we can exercise our democratic rights to the fullest as long as we buy and sell. The fact that some people are rich and others are poor has nothing to do with inequality, silly. It has to do with competence. The rich are rich because they played their cards right. Allowing the rich to pay less taxes is simply rewarding them for knowing how to play the game. Because the market is fair and we all Deserve. Oprah was the original boss babe toxic positivity self help guru, the high priestess of capitalism, if you will. She walked, so annoying ass people like Gary Vee, Dan Locke, and everyone else who claims to have the secret to success could run to take your money and then blame you for not succeeding. Because if you don't, it's definitely your fault. I remember seeing a retrospective on her show where she had a wheelbarrow full of fat that was supposed to represent the fat that she had lost and rolled it out on stage in front of her audience with the words, I went on a medically medically supervised supervised fast fast and lost weight. If you can believe in yourself and believe that this is the most important thing in your life, you can conquer it. Because if I did it, you can do it too. Oprah girl, this is not how any of this works, not everyone has the means to go on a medically assisted fast for months, get a grip, this is a small example of that out of touchness. She became a millionaire at 32, so naturally she lost touch with the common woman, pretty damn fast. Authenticity was her brand, we believed her, we believed that she was just like us, even though she lived in a million dollar mansion and had a lot of money. She still managed to make her audience relate to her, and that is part of her major success, because everyone could be Oprah, or so we believed. We have Oprah to thank for her influencer culture, basically. More than three-quarters of her viewers were white women, and I don't think that's a coincidence. Obviously, the myth of your life entirely being a result of your own making is more palatable for upper-middle-class white woman from suburbia than a black woman from the inner city struggling to make ends meet. Oprah has gone on the record more than once saying that she doesn't believe in luck. She says, and I quote, I believe luck is preparation meeting opportunity. If you hadn't been prepared when the opportunity came along, You wouldn't have been lucky. Oprah refusing to acknowledge she was lucky is her denying systemic disparities in America. By not admitting that her low economic status and her blackness are factors that could have seriously messed with her preparedness for any opportunity, she's basically telling her black viewers if you feel you and you alone are to blame for it, I transcended both race and poverty, so why can't you, you doofus? Which is a shame, because Oprah was a hyper visible black woman who could have brought attention to some serious issues, which she did in the beginning of her show Forsyth County, Georgia, just 30 miles north of Atlanta, which in the past few weeks has gained the reputation of being a hotbed of racism. Here are just some of the images of Forsyth County in a removed way. But on the other hand, we know black people in the media get punished for speaking out about real systemic issues. You could argue that if she tackled anything on her show from a position that wasn't depoliticized and highly individualized, she would have been She would have alienated most of her audience, which were white women, and would have never gotten as big as she eventually got. This point is only driven home by the fact that when Oprah started her own network, which is both her own network and a network called OWN, and had more black-focused programming, she never regained the same amount of success as before. And recently she was chewed out in the media simply for mentioning white privilege is real, because people aren't used to her expressing anything other than middle-of-the-road blandness. Black people in the media can only reach white audiences if they sidestep hard-hitting questions of institutionalized racial oppression and white privilege. I mean, could only reach white audiences. Thank God times have changed. The easiest way to capture an as wide as possible audience is by focusing on the universal experience of being human and on spirituality. Spirituality is a great excuse to be above systemic inequality and to never have to talk about it. And thus, to maintain your white audience. Without Oprah, I'm sure your mom would have never heard of it. Thank you, Oprah. It makes absolute sense that she spent as much time as she did promoting The Secret. They have uncovered the secret to bringing love, bringing happiness, even wealth, into anybody's life. The secret is the law of attraction. It means that everything that happens to you, good and bad, you are attracting to yourself. It's something that I really have believed in for years. Put good energy out there and receive good energy in return, and vice versa. But anyway, she was so convinced of the like-attract-like principle that she called it science. She even shared a little anecdote with her audience about how she once thought about how fun it would be to blow bubbles, And when she returned to her desk, she saw a silver Tiffany bubble tower on her desk. This caught her off guard, so she asked her assistant if she just bought it, to which the assistant answered it had been on her desk for months, but she didn't notice it until now. This, for Oprah and her audience, was a perfect example of how the secret manifests. And they all burst into applause. But all I could think was how Oprah had an expensive-ass gift on her desk and didn't even notice it or thank the person who put it there until months later. What a douche. Oprah was all in on the secret and legit told people that they could turn disease around with positive thinking. Yet when she got a letter from a woman who thanked her for introducing her to the secret and that it made her quit her chemo, Oprah pleaded with the woman to not stop her treatment because maybe because she didn't want to be sued. And I quote, the secret is a tool, it's not the answer to everything. Though I live my life that way, I think it has flaws. She says now! After airing four entire episodes of scammy-ass self-help teachers spreading their nonsense, you'd think that after realizing that people stopped getting chemo because of a show of hers, she'd do more to emphasize science. But nope. This is the worst influence she's had, I think. Oprah treated science like an afterthought. It's very much true that Oprah discussed issues no one else discussed at the time, which is great in theory, but where she dropped the ball is in the most important area, educating and informing. There was this one Oprah episode where Oprah invited a woman to the show who had bipolar disorder and who tragically killed her child in a psychotic episode. There was an expert on bipolar disorder present in the audience, but Oprah asked her a total of two questions. One was more a statement about how bipolar disorder is a new name for manic depression, or was the new name at the time. And the second question she asked about what it is or how it works was interrupted by a commercial break. Or that time, Dr. Northrop came on the show to scare women out of getting the HPV vaccine HPV is an STD that can cause cervical cancer by saying it could kill them and they should invest in vegetables instead. After doing some digging, I found out most of the experts on the Oprah show weren't experts as much as they were people Oprah liked. Seriously. Well, here's another example. She invited Jenny McCarthy, like an early 2000s model, to her show to talk about her anti-vaccine stance because she swears up and down that it was a vaccine that caused her son's autism. This would have been fine if Oprah also invited some doctors or scientists over to politely tell this woman she was talking out of her ass. But this didn't happen. No, sir. Instead... She read a short statement from the Centers of Disease Control at the end of the show, which stated that there was no science to prove a connection between autism and vaccines, to which McCarthy answered, My science is named Evan, her son, and he's at home. That's my science. The audience clapped. Oprah said goodbye. The show ended. Now, if that ain't some bullshit, it is very clear what side of the discussion Oprah was on, what side she was interested in highlighting and implicitly encouraged. She even invited Suzanne Summers, a popular actress in the 70s, over to share her secrets for staying young, which included taking up to 60 dietary supplements a day and injecting estrogen straight up her vagina. Since hormone replacement treatment in menopausal women is known to cause heart issues, you'd think Oprah would have medical professionals present to comment on whatever the hell Suzanne Summers was doing to her vagina, and they were... But before you relax, those doctors were seated in the audience and were only allowed to react when called on by the queen herself. And when doctors did express their concern with these completely unbased methods of staying young, Oprah defended the actress. I don't have to tell you that this is not great. She started the trend of self-disclosure without giving experts who are in the know about the things we're disclosing the chance to add nuance and facts to these personal experiences, So what are we really learning? That's right, fuck all, we're just gawking and calling it educational. I want to say she got away with it because we were media illiterate as hell, but even today shows like The Doctors and Dr. Oz still have an audience, even though most of their claims entirely lack evidence. So her final transgression is still very palpable today. TV taught us to therapize our experiences without knowing how to properly analyze them. We learned that personal stories weigh heavier than scientific expertise. I just thought it was interesting because I only saw really positive perspectives on the Oprah show and its influence. And I thought, well, hold the phone. This is stupid. No one who has been alive for longer than a day has only had a positive influence. Of course, not every single thing she did was great. This is exactly why I think celebrity culture should stop existing, because we are too flawed to be put on a pedestal. We simply don't belong there. And this completely nonsensical worship of fellow humans makes us less critical of them, and more susceptible to nonsense. And I feel that like there's power in acknowledging that every human being is going to be wrong in some respects, and that this wrongness is just inherent to our humanity. How much we like them or not has nothing to do with it. So I guess the big takeaway of this freaking long video, everyone is going to be wrong, which is fine. It's no one's job to always be right, but it's our job to be media literate enough to know when something should be taken with a grain of salt. Because media literacy is power, baby, and the more we understand the ways in which the cult of personality fucks with our judgment, the more critical we can be about the media we consume. So what is an Oprah episode that you remember and in hindsight realized was not what it seemed? Let me know, because I'm curious, and thank you for hanging out. You can find the sources I use, find all links to all podcast platforms, and my socials in the thingy below. I hope you enjoyed it, and um, see you in the next one.